0: in roller derby holding space is an empowering often intimidating act of strength and strategy for oneself and or teammates holding space the podcast clears the floor for conversations that touch upon race class identity and privilege to amplify stories build community and make more connections in the skate world Expect lots of smart, dope, skate people musing about life on and off eight wheels and silliness. Can't forget the silliness that you never knew you needed and won't be able to live without. This is holding space with magical realism. Welcome. What's up, y'all? Today's special guest is topical and tiny. As well as just plain awesome. Manila Ice of Minnesota Roller Derby and Team Philippines is a U.S. Census Enumerator, which means they visit far-flung areas in their home state and completes the census form with residents who have not been counted. In case you don't know what the census is, it's a national count that takes place every 10 years, regardless of immigration or economic status or political affiliation. Luna says hi. <laughs> She's freaking out. She's really, She really likes the census too. It is a count that's dictated by the Constitution and is in turn used to apportion how many seats your area gets in the House of Representatives, how much funding is dispersed locally, regionally, by state. The population number of the census will determine the electoral college votes that are proportioned to each state. So it's super important. We're actually nearing the deadline for responses to the U.S. census, which was originally set for October 31st and then shortened by a month by the executive branch of the federal government and set for September 30th, But a federal judge actually last week restored the original deadline. In any case, if you haven't done so, get on that as soon as you can. It takes five minutes. The link is below. Do that first and then come back and enjoy this convo with ICE who knows their stuff, including the pulse of the national candy consumption. It'll make more sense later. (laughs) And recounts the mood and conversations that have taken place at MNRD since George Floyd's murder in neighboring Minneapolis. Incidentally, just fun fact, not only do you probably hear my kitten, but you'll also hear my older cat (laughs) a few minutes into this recording. So yeah, that's, that's, that's how life goes at magical Realism. Anyway, enjoy. Peace. You're on a 10 day trip into Minnesota?
1: Yeah, so they, they put me um in an area of Minnesota where there are fewer enumerators. So then I'm out of sleepy eye, Minnesota, and then I travel to different farms and smaller towns around here that are drivable from here, but they wouldn't make sense for me to drive all the way from St. Paul to every day. So I'm just here. The census is supposed to wrap up on the thirtieth, but I don't know if it's going to wrap up then or if they're going to extend it because there was another court case that went through. I just so, read that today, actually, but I think through the fifteenth, it's been Yes, yeah, so I don't know what what that translates for me well, down on ground. When did you begin? So the everything was like backed up because of COVID. So they started later in the visiting like the non-response follow-up. And so I didn't get called for training until recently. So I haven't been working that long. It's since like early September, I think. But they they have been people have been out like visiting um, homes that didn't turn in their forms or that they didn't hear from since august i think
0: and so how long is that training and what does it entail
1: it was all online like for since it was so we're not sitting in a room for hours and it's like about there's some history of the census there's some parts that are like well i should also say that i'm not speaking on behalf of the census at all as an official census person just from my experience (laughs) So there's like a lot of just about how to cuz everything is digital this time around. I was in enumerator numerator in 2010 and everything was still paper. And so now it's all in an app and so it has lots of prompts so it's a lot more user friendly in the moment with the other with the people that you're talking to rather than like rest, shuffling through papers and like writing stuff down and trying to maintain all of that.
0: Sounds like it's a lot more convenient are you a fan of the the newer system
1: yeah I like it it's just sometimes it's tricky because you have to go through all the prompts and so um instead of just like turning over a piece of paper you have to go through all the steps but it it makes it more I think it makes it more um streamlined for everybody doing things the same way that makes sense Mm -hmm. and so you filled out your census right of course, <laughs> of course,
0: I did it in like as soon as I got the, the little notification in the mail, um, it must have been like in the winter.
1: Yeah, it's tricky because we're supposed to count where everybody was on April 1st. that's like census day. and so it's hard for people to remember where they were on April 1st because like some some people have moved maybe two, three times. Since April 1st.
0: Even in the sheltering in place, like, I was, I was like, I was like, April 1st, I was here. I was, (laughs) I was in my apartment. I was locked up like the rest of New York.
1: And yeah, and I think most people, it's like, yes, if you were doing the sheltering in place, but also I think some, some of the populations that I've talked to are just like more home insecure in general. And so it's like, they're, they're, even during the pandemic, it's like, they have not moved. They have not been able to be in like one specific place or there there's some populations down here that are migrant workers so they're in one area for one part of the year and you move to a different part so it's like some of the places it's like I don't think we'll be able to track people down where they were on April 1st.
0: That's really interesting so what kind of like residences are you finding is it mostly like farms or if you could just paint a picture of of what you've encountered and did you have this a similar route or area or you know like assignment 10 years ago like how is it different from then and now
1: so 10 years ago I was mostly they generally want you to be in your area so like so when you're visiting people you like know the area and you know generally the people so like you could even if your next door neighbor didn't fill it out you could be like oh I know that three people live here blah 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 but so Earlier, I was in St. Paul because I'm from St. Paul and they were asking if people would be willing to travel to other parts of Minnesota. And I was like, sure. So then I've been mostly in small towns around here and then some farms and some of the farms like you drive up and it used to be a farmhouse, but like nobody lives there anymore. And maybe the farm is still an active farm, but maybe it's like been absorbed into a larger farm and the people don't live there anymore or now they live in town and which is kind of sad because some of them look like someone just like walked out the door one day and they never came back to the farm so it's kind of that stuff too but then in the smaller towns they're like apartments and houses and stuff
0: and so I don't know if you said how far are you away from home now
1: I am about sleepy eyes about two hours and then I drive to other towns around here. So, it's like two hours highway driving away. How's your experience been this time? I, because I am also a Spanish speaker, so like I like, like I'll get cases assigned to me specifically because I'm a Spanish speaker. And so I like that because I think it's important. I know that um, Spanish speaking populations are undercounted generally. And so I think it's important to have that. That language barrier not be an issue and also and I think I'm a pretty non-threatening person coming to your door (laughs) so people might be more likely to answer the questions (laughs) that's sweet do you keep
0: track of your your the number of people that you get
1: not really like we have it's it's measured for us but it's like in the in the app but I don't I would say if I, like, yesterday or the day before, there was one day that I didn't catch anybody home, and it was kind of sad.
0: <laughs> How many, like, residences do you think you, you hit up in a, in a day? Because you, you, I remember scheduling this. You told me you break your day up in, into, like, two halves.
1: Mm-hmm. So I've been trying to look at, like, to, to make sure that I'm visiting some people in the morning who haven't been visited in the morning and some people in the evening who haven't, been visited in the evening to kind of catch people when they're at home but depending on how many i'm driving because if they're far apart otherwise i i don't know it's it's a range like sometimes it will be like 25 cases and sometimes it's like eight or (laughs) ten gotcha yeah
0: um what do you think the impact of the of of the pandemic besides making things virtual um, and delaying stuff. What do you think the, like on the ground, what are you seeing as the the impact of the pandemic and and what have this go around?
1: Um, Well, we're supposed to wear a mask and stuff and use social distancing. And I think that obviously that's smart, but it has changed. Like in the past, it it would be, people would be more comfortable to like stand with you on the porch and I would be comfortable to stand with someone on the porch, like close, but now we're supposed to be further away. And Down here, people don't really like to wear masks, so they're, like, offended when I show up in a mask. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) What made you sign up for this work? Well, I've been interested in the census, like a nerd. (laughs) Like, before I looked into it for a job, I, like, was interested in the census, and I think it was because um, since I'm mixed race, like, I'm very fascinated with, like identifying race and like how race has been like assigned to me because people don't necessarily, can't really see what race I am very racially ambiguous. And so like the census in 2000 was the first census that you could select more than one race. Cause before that you just had to pick one. And I think it was like, I'd looked it up. It was, they used to, they used to just assign people races way back. Like the enumerator would go around and be like, you look like this. And then put it down and you look like this. And so 2000 was a big deal that you could say you're more than one race. And so then I think then I paid attention to it. And then in 2010, I was actually old enough and I was unemployed at the time. So I got a job with the census, but I've always been like very fascinated with, um, with how how we identify race, how we assign race, how we put people in boxes versus what do you see yourself as and all of that.
0: I agree. I, I think that I also think it's really interesting the way that the terms and the categories like, you know, transform from every ten years, like the way that they've they differ and Mm-hmm. You know, some terms of coming into use and others, like, going out and what have you. I think that's really interesting, too. Um, I, if you don't mind me asking, what is your background or how do you answer your form?
1: <laughs> yep. I'll identify as mixed race. And so, well, my dad filled out the form. I'm living with my parents. So my dad filled out the form, and I don't actually know what he put for me. But <laughs> what I what I would put is I would um, – because uh, the, they they separated – Okay, I'll talk about myself first, then I'll talk about the census. <laughs> okay, so I identify as mixed race. My dad is Filipino. He's from the Philippines. He's from the Bicol region, so he's Bicolano. And then my mom is from Wisconsin. She's white. She's Norwegian and German. So I would identify as mixed race if it's like over, overarching, like in general. But Asian American, I guess, or Filipino American would be the uh, like the subcategory. So
0: that was, so you gave me both. You gave me your, your identification and then what you'd check off on the, on the form.
1: Yeah. Well, on the form I would check off that because there's the Hispanic, Latino, Spanish origin question that's separate from race, which I have opinions about. Um, (laughs) So I would not check that. And then I would check. Asian and some other race, I think, and then put in, you. then you can put in your ethnic identity after that. But can I ask you what you put on the
0: census? I answered black for race and then Hispanic, like non-white Hispanic for, for ethnicity. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's all sorts of, of problematic. You know, I think that I saw earlier versions where they you have to pick one or the other, <laughs> like, the, you know what I mean? Or, you know, it, yeah, it was only choose one. And it's all like, that's not okay. I, I don't, choose. my parents didn't choose one, like I can't. <laughs> so, you know, and it's, yeah, it's, it's a little, it's, it's sketchy to have, because, and then, you know, I mean, not only just like personally, one's own like identity is one's identity, but also what it does to the numbers. It really provides a, a really blurry picture a really unclear picture right mm-hmm. so what do you think well what are some like misconceptions that you think that you've come across from people mm-hmm.
1: well did did you answer I asked you what we would put on the census but what what how do you identify or how you prefer to identify if we didn't have to just parse it out on the census
0: on <laughs> um, well I, I you know personally like I I mean, I, I identify as Afro-Latina, like, or Afro-Latinx. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but I feel like, like, if I have to give, you know, when I, well, when I go, like, abroad or when I go, you know, overseas, they ask me where I'm from. I say I'm from <laughs> New York <laughs> because, like, that feels the most authentic to my experience. I, I think that just even we're a very singular place from the rest of the states and mm-hmm. people understand the the nuances of, of latinidad here or latin-americanist so
1: yeah yeah do you get tired i get people ask me where i'm from and then i say oh i'm from saint paul minnesota and they say oh where are you really from oh yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. no
0: i mean I, I, you and it's or <laughs> where, where your parents from or you yep. know and i get and then at, the worst are the one or like the slimy like latinx men because it's always <laughs> where like when i tell them you know my mom's colombian and my dad's dominican and then they mm-hmm. feel like this really like Mm, that's a good mix and I'm just like oh <laughs> sir like get out of here with that yeah so yeah it's always but you know like it's always like where, where are you really from or like yeah it's, it's not if I could talk about that for hours yeah <laughs> I'm sure you can as well yeah. you know
1: it's I like get they, people trying to, oh, go ahead. Sorry.
0: No, I was going to say, it's like they search your face for some sort of like <laughs> like a Carmen <laughs> San Diego puzzle yeah. or where where's it's so weird.
1: Yeah, I get people I get people being coy and being like looking at, at me and then be like, oh, do you speak Spanish? And then I say, yes. And then they stop asking questions. And I was like, well, you you didn't, you like, I know now you have a picture in your head, but also you don't know how I speak Spanish. <laughs> I, I speak Spanish
0: know why i speak
1: spanish
0: (laughs) but anyway we but identity is fascinating Mm -hmm. and i think that bringing it back to the census i think that it's a little like people don't understand what this does for literal representation Mm -hmm. and numbers right in terms of like our ethnic groups our racial groups how like much attention or money Mm -hmm. our groups should be receiving Mm-hmm. I, I you know you could either take that part of it on or I also was wanting to maybe you know talk about like its implications for derby and for 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 skaters like if we could make the case that way for people who are kind of like no I don't want to be on the grid
1: but <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah one thing I've come across it's really difficult um to parse through that question with people who identify as Hispanic, Latino, or Latinx, or Spanish. That's, a, that's like how it's listed on there. And then the next question says, what is your race for the census? Hispanic is not a race, Hispanic origin. Like it says that flat out, like this is not a race. And, and, it, and people, people are like, what? oh you
0: yeah. Know? Yeah.
1: So it's really hard because then you're, so. it's, I think it's really important that it's self-identification. Like I don't, I really don't want to push people to be like, this is what you should pick or blah, 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 because you should be able to pick what um, what you identify as. But I can see like the wheels turning with some people. Then it's like, they would pick for race. They would pick Hispanic. But if the census is saying you can't pick Hispanic, some people are like, I guess white. And so it's like, then they're choosing. And I was like, is that what you want to pick? And- <laughs> I don't, and that it seems like that's the first moment that some people are like, I could count as white, and yeah. it's really confusing.
0: No, um, and that that speaks to like the limitations of the mm-hmm. categorizations, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's a very clunky construct, um, Latino, Hispanic, Spanish. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I, I, it makes sense because I think that different parts of the Latinx. Population use those terms more heavily than others, but I feel like I could definitely think of like my mother will probably be like, White, I am Colombian, excuse me, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, um, that's interesting. What do, does it make you comfortable as, uh, or I mean, have people asked you to kind of decide for them?
1: Yeah, someone I felt bad He was like, Well, you picked then. I was like, I am not picking for you, but also, I I can't explain like, like, then there's an, um, now I'm thinking in Spanish, Alguna otra, because the app turns back and forth into English and Spanish. So you can pick some other race and then you can type in all the ethnicities that you want. So in that way, it's really, since it's an app and since you can do it online, it's really good that it can gather tons of data. And then they can parse it out later if you really wanted to. Like I listened to this, you can sign up, anybody can sign up online. Like this whole year, there were these seminars that you could listen to that are put on by the Census Bureau about different aspects of the census and the information. And I listened to one, this was before, before I got hired by the census, I listened to this forum about how the census collects race and ethnic data. Um, And they would have decided what ethnicities are what races, C- according to the Office of Management and Budget. I think they decided in like the '90s, like before the 2000 census, or before the yeah before the 2000 census, what ethnicities are in what racial groups. That's so even, not sketchy. Yes. Yeah, so that's so it's like that. I I think it's. This goes back to the point of like, do you opt into this and you give more data so then we have information about the demographics about population or do you disagree with the fact that there's this government agency that is assigning what ethnicities are what race and you just kind of want no part of it is, is where it's like very complicated. And i've run into people and it's like i don't want to assume like people's status but just how i've interacted with them it's like i they were kind of like worried like um is this safe is this okay to do this and and they're protected like the the census data is protected under i think it's like there's an article in the constitution i know yeah there's like specific very specific laws that protect Census data, like it gets released every seventy-two years, because then they use it for like Ancestry.com, and you can go look at your genealogy and who lived in this town. And I love your of... Ancestry.com voice. <laughs> that's <laughs> well, amazing. I've got I've got opinions about all of that
0: stuff too. <laughs> yeah, right. That's really that's mad sketch. The Ancestry.com and the twenty-three and Me's of it all. Yeah, yeah. but. <laughs> Oh, you mentioned something really interesting. Yeah, the citizenship question, right? There was a proposed citizenship question yes. that the government wanted to, wanted the to, branch. the executive branch, <laughs> he who shall not be named, um, wanted to add a citizenship question mm-hmm. to ask, to only poll people and get the, gather the census of those who are citizens, U.S. citizens, mm-hmm. which would have left a large swath of mm-hmm. the U.S uncounted and of course it would have really been detrimental to communities of color surprise surprise so yeah so that's I I wanted to ask you what are are, are you finding that people are worried but also is there more like paranoia or like like suspicion of the government because of who's Um, in power
1: now have you found I think there's some of that the citizenship question it was like struck down in the courts because also that the census is supposed to count every person who's in the United States, all the people. Because I was like, I talked to someone He was like, because people have asked me, I was like, doesn't they asked me, does it matter if I was born somewhere else? And I was like, nope, it doesn't matter because we all live here. And it's like, before we get into philosophically, like we're all people, we're all community. I'm like, they want to know how many people are here? Do you need a new hospital? Do you need money for new roads? All of that stuff. But also, I think the citizen, the the press around the citizenship question did a good job of disenfranchising people from filling out the census because people are afraid to even start filling it out because that that question might come up, and there's been enough like press around it that people don't necessarily know until they like look into it if if it's going to ask where you're like if you're born here or your origin, that kind of stuff. And so I think it, the press was successful in um, deterring a lot of people from being comfortable filling out the census. That's tough.
0: No, yeah, I think that because it was something so unheard of, and so shocking, it got so much of a media like blitz and, you mm-hmm. know, coverage, but the court ruling all of these months later has kind mm-hmm. of flown under the radar for sure. Again, like we've covered that the citizenship question is no longer valid, no one should be asking you for whether or not your your nationalities or your citizenship status doesn't count doesn't matter no one should be asking you for like a social or anything mm-hmm. social security number and what are the I mean if you want to just give us the rundown of what is asked of someone who fills out the form and is it slow to is it I know that you're out and you're actively seeking people, but is it too late to fill it out online
1: nope it's not too late to fill it out online um, so the questions are going to be. Um, If where you lived on April 1st and then how many people are living there, then everybody's names and ages and who, who either rented the property or if you own it with a mortgage or you own it outright. And then your Hispanic origin, yes or no, (laughs) your race, your, or the relationship between all the people. Oh, also the sex is only male, female. And which is sucks because there's not like an other or you can just refuse the question. There's not another way to identify that, which is another sucky thing. And also you might feel unsafe talking about what your relationships are in the house. So there's a lot of like potential like sticking points.
0: Mm-hmm. It wasn't the, no, I feel like it wasn't in 2010 uh, there was an LGBT question that also no longer exists.
1: I don't, I don't remember, but I, it does ask your, it does ask, I don't remember how it was in 2010. What were you going to say?
0: Oh, I, you know, I thought that that was one of the things that the, you know, the conservative government currently empowered took out, but,
1: ah, huh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. The one, the one thing is you, that ask you your relationship to people in the household. So it asks you like, are you opposite sex, husband and wife or same sex, husband and wife or opposite sex um partners so it's like yes it's talking things about in opposites (laughs) which doesn't necessarily gather like the the true spectrum of gender but it does it does have like quote official categories for like same-sex union relationships and stuff and so I don't, that's the only thing that I would think would be relevant. So those are all reasons that you should fill it out online instead of if you're uncomfortable talking to a person that you don't know at your door, I guess.
0: Asking someone, someone knocks on your door and five minutes later, you're talking about your relationship status. (laughs) You get very comfortable
1: very quickly with ICE. Yeah. (laughs) I think it's important for everybody to fill it out because you... The other thing is if you don't fill it out and you refuse to fill it out, then we go ask your neighbors about you. (laughs) Wow. Because we have to get the info. So if someone is not knocking on their door, then you go next door and be like, do you know about the people living next door? So (laughs) do you want to, do you want to fill it out about yourself or do you want your neighbor to guess? (laughs) That's
0: amazing. So if my neighbor So I would have to guess my neighbor's like date of birth and relationship status, or just like you don't
1: know. Okay, but we're gonna ask your neighbors if they know stuff.
0: That is wild. (laughs) Look at Uncle Sam being uh, a nosy, you know, gossip over here,
1: trying to get into one's business. (laughs) Which some people are offended too. They're like, I. They're like this one. This one lady I was talking to, her and I was asking about her neighbor down the road. And at any time she could say, I don't feel comfortable. Like, okay, let's stop this. But she was like, this is none of my business. But then she kept answering my question.
0: She knew, but she knew. I love it. That's hilarious. <laughs> okay. So I, that's yeah. something that I didn't know that yeah. neighbors are will be, will be asked. Yeah. Someone will know the info by hook or by crook. Is there another, like, if the neighbors aren't available Is there another tactic
1: that we should know about? Um, They can call your, they can talk to your like landlord and just ask general information because technically by law all of this information is supposed to be given. So you can ask the landlords and then the landlords can say like, yes, there was a person living there on April first. This is their name, and we can get that information from the landlord.
0: This question I'm about to ask is probably very in the weeds.
1: (laughs) But like I was like, I told you I'm a nerd with the census, so we're like going off the rails a little bit. <laughs> we are. But
0: I was going to say, like, what if I, what if, I mean, not for a bit, but like, what if I filled out my census form, or what if I didn't fill out my census form, but I was alive on April 1st, but now I'm dead. And my landlord's like, she was here on April 1st, but she's died. Is there like a, you, you a box for it. that? Yeah. Oh, I get counted?
1: You get counted because you were living there on April first.
0: Wow. So so people who were not so people who are deceased currently are still still make part, still counted. Because
1: it's supposed to be a snapshot of that date. They have to pick a date because people are moving around. You have to so they pick a snapshot of that date. And it's also not tracking individual people down. It's it's looking at every address that could be lived in and were there people there.
0: And I was gonna say obviously like ho- like shelters are, are also going to be covered, right? I was just wondering, yeah. like, how do you, how, how does the census handle homelessness?
1: I'm, that's not what I do. I do I'm the non-response follow up, but they also have specific jobs of people who go do like group quarters, which is where people live together. Like if they're in a group home or going to places where people are like home insecure or experiencing homelessness and ca- asking people if they've been counted. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh-huh. Wow. I'm sure they thought of everything. It's been like, what, 300 years almost? <laughs> since I they've been counted. The first census was in
1: 1790. Look at you.
0: I wanted to ask, I wanted to actually quiz <laughs> you because I, I wanted to see how much info I can get off the top of your dome. And you are ready for me. Should
1: I even try? Should I even try? I, I don't know much. I looked that date up specifically, though.
0: Ice, you seem ready. <laughs> I mean there's one about statistics, there's one about the 2020 census and one about census knowledge. Which do you want to try
1: your luck at? I don't know. I I probably that was all my luck just then.
0: No, I think you know a lot more than you think. <laughs> I don't know. No? Okay, so I'm going to try the statistics one because I feel like okay. you have the, the 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 census info down pat. On average, this is a statistics and schools quiz. Ooh, ooh. So, and it's by the census.gov program surveys resources games quiz so <laughs> official okay on average how many people live together in a family household on average
1: mm-hmm. i would say four.
0: Oh, well the oh well, i should it's a multiple choice <laughs> i should tell you <laughs> oh I should actually share my screen so that we can look at it together okay hold on. <laughs> I love how you I tell you to guess and I don't I even guessed. like oh there we go okay, oh, okay.
1: here Two, we go three or
0: five? Two, three, or five then I'll guess three three good yeah. job the average family household has three people okay how many bedrooms would you find in an average U.S. home Ooh. actually I guess we can both try this out but let's I'm gonna say three what do you say
1: I would say two I don't know oh let's try two oh,
0: average no. is three I've watched so many house hunters
1: <laughs> you, wouldn't even, you wouldn't even imagine but a lot of those houses though it's like I don't know what the majority of people live in though mm, okay so which
0: western state has the largest population
1: California
0: California duh. California Wyoming or Arizona duh, California and they made it purple. That kind of gave it away. <laughs>
1: the purple with the purple. I'm saying.
0: 30, uh, California had 39 million people in 2016. That's wild. 39 million people. That's like more than Spain or something.
1: I that's one of that the reasons true. that we're telling everybody in Minnesota to fill it out. Because we're on the cusp but we might lose one of our reps for the House of Representatives in this census.
0: Up too. Where, where are you all at in your, in your percentage of completed
1: I don't remember.
0: Because New York City, I saw it on a like, they have these, like, standing Wi-Fi things that you mm-hmm. can charge your phone at, and it says New York City's at 60%. But yeah, if they, you know, people are afraid that that if New York doesn't, you know, complete its census, one of my, like, uh, like currently my district is one of them that, that might be, like, written out, which is AOC's district, because oh. she's, not, she's not the most popular gal, but she's awesome.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How do most people get to work? A, in a car, B, by foot, or C, by bus?
1: By bus.
0: By no. bus.
1: I don't know. In a car. You think in, in a, a car? car? Yeah.
0: I'm going to say by in a car, too. Yeah. In a car. In 2016, 85.4% of people got to work driving alone or in a carpool. Okay. Yeah. Are there more men or women in the United States?
1: More women
0: more women i'm yeah. gonna say i think they're equal number i think it's same number <laughs> so we'll see okay more
1: women good job well because uh, do live longer than men on sure. average
0: yeah. that's look at you showing your expertise <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> 50.8
0: percent women and 49.2 percent men because in the united states women oh. you're oh. so good look at you this is going <laughs> hire you you know their thing no um okay so what was the u.s population when the first census was taken in 1790 oh i'm gonna say well uh, options are a 4 million b 18 million c 25 million
1: Mm, i don't know because i disagree with how they counted people
0: (laughs) this is this is this is uh, this is how i know i'm talking at the real deal you are i love it you want to quibble about seventeen ninety census. Okay. Well, are you are, are you saying because, like, they didn't count Native Americans and, and Africans? Yeah, American and,
1: place. yeah, they were only counted as, like, it was free white, other free people, and enslaved people. Mm-hmm. And they didn't count Indigenous people, and, yeah, but. Yeah.
0: So, okay, so i I'm don't want to say. Four million. So, yeah, I, I think it's probably four million, but it's with an asterisk. For the yeah. reasons we just said. Yes. Okay. So, yeah. so this, yes. Yeah. answer was 4 million. And then, okay. Which state is most densely populated? Maryland, oh. California, or New Jersey? I would say
1: Maryland. Okay. I, I don't know. New Jersey. I knew. Oh, I didn't say. So, oh. you. Did. you we, we knew you were
0: thinking it. I was. New Jersey is the most densely populated with 1,196 people per square mile. Wow. Okay. So, what was the median family income in 2016? A 517, B 668, or C 727?
1: 7. I I don't remember. Median is average, right? Median is like in the middle. Oh, I don't know. No,
0: because average is average.
1: I don't know because <laughs> it's
0: like the math terms, like the
1: median and the mode and the oh. all of those. I don't.
0: Remember. Okay, I will guess a
1: fifty-one.
0: I think so too. Seventy-two. Oh, 72. Okay. <laughs> uh, look at that Shocking. Okay, so the median family income in twenty sixteen was seventy two, seven hundred seven dollars. <laughs> Damn. Okay.
1: Who candy?
0: Candy? I don't even did you know is it why isn't there why haven't you told me about the candy question?'s <laughs> in your census data. you're keeping the sweet things, the good things away from me. <laughs> how much can like seriously though how did they answer how did they get the data for the I, I don't know how this
1: has to do with the census.
0: This candy is weird. Question. Yeah, so I, do you think they like they take the number of people? And like probably do some math, some mathing with the number of set of candy sold per year.
1: Or they or there was a rogue enumerator that just also asked <laughs> they decided to go with it. And they're like, we have all this data. We, we might as well like
0: teach the kids, teach the seeds about <laughs> candy. <laughs> I agree with that. I'll go with it. I'll allow it. Okay. How much candy does an average American eat? in one year 11.6 pounds this is all disgusting i <laughs> <laughs> i eat a lot of candy i mind
1: my, my answer is gonna be skewed i eat a lot of candy
0: i mean but define candy too right like is candy <laughs> ice cream or like like all sweet things or just like the like snicker
1: bars you know stuff. I, mean? I don't know so, candy i don't know 24
0: pounds 24 pounds that's disgusting yeah. that, that is like a toddler <laughs> <Candy>. <laughs> or 38.5 pounds woof okay so we're gonna go with 24 24 please 25 pounds of candy a year that that is gross that has to be more than just candy candy, a lot I, of candy. I i don't believe it
1: or or their candy they're eating is very dense or it's
0: or yeah, like maybe it's the movie candy too that's like in bigger <laughs> sizes. Gee whiz, shame <laughs> on you U.S. Like this is this is why we have our problems.
1: Yum, eat <laughs> all the
0: candy you want. <laughs> I mean, a candy. What if candy? Candy has to include like Starbucks or something like sweet donuts. I I I refuse to believe this is all like lollipops. <laughs> Oh my gosh! No wonder dentists are so expensive. Look at our (laughs) candy consumption; they have us. But then we need them. (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so the per capita consumption of candy in 2010 is 25.7 pounds, and that means that, like, because you know, like, there aren't people in like old age homes eating 25 pounds of candy. That means that everyone else is way more, like, 30 pounds of candy and stuff. (laughs) 50 pounds again, goodness. Anyway, all right, so that wasn't that educational. (laughs) Thank you for obliging me. And (laughs) last but not least, tell me about your derby experience. (laughs) We did this completely backwards. I love it.
1: Yeah, so I've only my derby experience. I I was thinking about it. I only have experience at Minnesota because I started there. I started in the rec league in 2012, and I didn't have like any skating knowledge. Like I bought my skates off Craigslist for 10 bucks, and they were old
0: rink skates. Wow, brownies. <laughs> yep. Oh my goodness,
1: <laughs> they were brownies, and they were a size eight. You're ankle. I, I wear a size five and a half. <laughs> When I actually got skates,
0: <laughs> you must have been amazing when you got your proper skates on.
1: But people were so kind; they didn't like. If if I saw someone show up with those skates, it would be very hard to keep a straight face. <laughs> you would have laughed. Look at no. you. No, but I'm impressed that everybody was so kind to help me. Like, try and do some skate skills because you can't do anything with these huge skates like they're like the trucks are like and the plates are like cast iron they're so many.
0: <laughs> how did you like how did you plow? I couldn't I
1: plow you.
0: I could barely plow. I bet. And like where was the toe stop in the front or because some of them have them no those are inline that has them in the back.
1: Yeah um, it was a big toe stop in the front but wow. I was trying then someone like a couple months in sold me their old skates and I immediately stood up and fell down because I went from like a big heel on those skates to like no mm, heel. That's right. Yep. Yeah. And so then I I got drafted in 2013 to Minnesota, formerly Minnesota Roller Girls at the time, and the Rockets is our home team cuz we're very I know you got you got a lot of Minnesota rundown from Trudy because you talked to Trudy. Yes, yes, yes. 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 <laughs> so I was on the Rockets for the home team, and then I got on the travel team, the All Star team in what year was it? 2015, I think. Took it chance. Well, I wasn't our travel. Our travel team A and B are combined. That's awesome. Yeah. Yep. So my my derby godmothers who drafted me that year were diamond rough and shiver me kimbers they were the look out Whoa. <laughs> and so then i've been on the travel team since then but i didn't i would say like i was a alternate kind of like bubble skater for the when once i got on the charter in when was that 2016 i don't remember I don't remember when, whenever we went to, oh, it was 2015. Because then 2015, Champs was in Minnesota. So everybody really wanted to get to Champs Mm -hmm. because we were hosting it. It was a lot of pressure. So I was an alternate during that being like, yay! (laughs) Like, I'll warm up with you and then be like, yay! (laughs) But I didn't skate in Champs, but it was, it was the best. Yeah. Very good.
0: And then y'all got that beautiful um arena right
1: yes the roy wilkins the legendary roy wilkins the legendary <laughs> that's what we're supposed to say it
0: <laughs> i love it it's very ballroom <laughs> very very <laughs> opulent <laughs>
1: yep. oh cool yeah. mm-hmm. so and then so, i've been there around since then yep
0: and to how what's the what's the latest how's everyone feeling or doing
1: and uh, it's fun. kind of hard because we, our home season is during the winter. Like we would be starting our home season right now because in Minnesota, nobody wants to go to Derby and sit inside in the summertime. Yes. So it's like we're a winter sport in Minnesota and we go from October through April. So at the beginning of this year, it was really exciting because we've had a lot of turnover in the past couple of years. So like our travel team last year was, we made it, I think we made it to playoffs because we were kind of like coasting down our rankings from the year before. Yeah. So we made it to playoffs, but at playoff, playoffs, I think at least half of the people there, that was their first playoffs. and some, And then some of those people, it was their first D1 game. So... This year was really exciting because we had some people coming back from injuries and from um, having babies, and it was very exciting. It was going to be like a new year, and it was going to be our new, our first full uh, travel season under our new name, which is Minnesota Roller Derby, since we did a rebrand. So it was a lot of exciting stuff. And then COVID happened, and our, our last bout, um, our home bout, like our championship home team bout was. The early, early March. So it was like right at the cusp where it was like, oh, we need to start canceling stuff right after that happened. It was kind of like, oh, we shouldn't be practicing anymore. And so then we canceled our um, travel team bout, our home, tra- our travel team home bout. Cause we usually only have one a season. And then it's kind of like morning, <laughs> morning the, the skating season that we're not going to have. But also, I'm excited that it's going to be, I think it's a good time to kind of reassess as a sport and as a league, like where everybody's at, just about, because I was really, I don't know how to talk about, like, very upset, obviously, with, uh, with a lot of people in the world after George Floyd was murdered in May. And so it's kind of like, then there there's a, a reckoning in Derby that I think has not happened before. You, you've been seeing, You've been on Twitter. You've been seeing it. You know what's going on. I know a thing, too. I've, like, I was just blabbing, so blabbing on and on. You should interrupt. No, me.
0: you're good. You're good. <laughs> no, um, my goodness. I'm just kind of, like, forgetting that George Floyd, uh, Minnesota. Yeah. So you all were in the center center of when the incident happened with the police in Minneapolis. Right?
1: Yeah. Well, like... Um, Technically, we're in St. Paul. We're not in Minneapolis, but it's still, like, effects of, like, that's our community. Like, Minnesota is our community. I mean, but it,
0: I can't, like, that had, like reverberations globally I can't imagine what it must have been like to be even down the block like or you know like uh, uh, what would you say like an hour away (laughs) I'm sure yeah
1: Minneapolis are we're one metro so like we're smooshed together
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so I know that a lot of people live in Minneapolis and live either near to that area where like the third precinct was and so it's like there's a lot of people who are like very directly affected like their families them themselves or te- teammates former teammates and so that i think it's been focusing a lot more on that which is better than focusing on like <laughs> like where we might have been traveling for derby
0: <laughs> and, well, like there's a yeah no i it feels like there, there's a whole alternate 2020 that could be made yeah <laughs> you know but wow yeah so so you were saying that this kind of sparked internal discussion in your league mm-hmm. about just
1: yeah. well internal internal in the fact that it's like there have been like we there like I'm one of very few people of color black indigenous or people of color who have been on the league like we for the most part like we've been a small percentage and in the past like pushing for change and pushing for visibility and push, pushing for representation. Like even that's part of why we changed our name to Minnesota roller derby is that inclusivity part for gender, but not only we didn't get, um, we didn't get just gender change when we talked about, when we changed, we also changed like our uh, like what is it called? Like mission values kind of stuff to talk more explicitly, explicitly about non-exclusion. And as, and I think that was something that I um, we've been pushing for several years. And so this is a, this was kind of like a point to be like, we need to do more. And this was shows that we weren't necessarily ready as a league to be someone that is going to be able to talk with authority about activism or about, anti-racism in this arena when this is when such something so horrible has happened near us and it's not going to be like we don't have the structures to like spring into action and have our own mutual aid network it's like we can tap in like we as individuals as members of this community can support actions that are already happening to support our community but it's not like we're not we should not think that we are like leaders in that way
0: but is the desire to become that is that where you all foresee like would like to see yourselves as that because you can't be the end all be all right? right and it's such a big it's such a big issue you know i mm-hmm. mean look at Wolf Dera, trying to yeah, like exactly. wrap its its head around it right not that like governing bodies have heads, but you know
1: what I mean? <laughs> well, like I I'm I'm no in no way saying like we're trying to be like experts on this at anything oh, wow. or even or even like leaders in this, but it's just like I think people expected like Derby the Derby community locally expected there to be more leadership coming from just like the lead this large like idea of roller derby represented in the in this community and it's like if we if we haven't put in the time earlier we as in minnesota we as in wiftada if we haven't put in the time to have ways to talk about anti-racism ways to talk about structural racism ways to address it internally small leagues and large leagues how do you expect when something so horrible to happen and everybody's like what do we do if you haven't put in the time ahead of time how can you be looked at as like a leader in this moment if you've, if you've not put in the time?
0: No, no, it's not something that you like, you can't fake it, (laughs) you know, you can, because then it becomes like performative. Right. Um, And that's interesting that y'all recognize that and that you have, you had those conversations. Were there any actions that came about from the talks and the soul searching?
1: Yeah, I think there's, there's actions coming for like, like for internally and also internally like as a league, like a, a body, but also internally as an in individuals, kind of like what they're going to do. Because I think it's, we get so caught up in like, okay, the league or the organization has to do this, but it's um, it's made up of all these little people. So it's like, if we should do this and we say this, like we as in a big picture, but then no one individually steps up to do it. Then it's kind of like, who do you think we Or the league is. And too often, I think on issues of race and sexuality and gender, it's expected like if you're saying, hey, we have an issue here and I'm affected by it because I am a woman of color or I'm affected by it because I'm of this marginalized community, the, the sentiment is like, well, we are all volunteers. If you see something, you need to do something. But it's like that should not fall on the marginalized people who are being affected that needs then that's something where it's like yes we're a diy sport but then that in those cases that should not be the people that are having to be the pioneer groundbreaker kind of things and it's like that's what has happened so much in derby it's like we see an issue and we say this is an issue this is an issue this is an issue and like poke white people around us <laughs> It's like I'm tired of poking.
0: It's like, do I have to do this? Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, it's like, do I have to do this? And then it's like, wait a minute, why do I have to do this? Yeah, Yeah. that's that's something that we're all we're all really grappling with. I don't think there are any answers. I think it's just I, you know, what I want. I hope that it's continuous, though. Like, I hope it's not something that because that hope that moment happened in. June, that mm-hmm. we're all kind of like, did that. I read my white fragility, I'm done. Tech, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, or that once the gameplay ramps up, it's something that's kind of like brushed to the side. I hope it's something that really changes us in fundamental ways across mm-hmm. the board, individually, collectively, as leagues, and ultimately as a sport. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think have been like your. I don't want to sound like a job interview, but what have been like your biggest successes slash challenges for like derby and skating?
1: Um, well, I forgot to mention, I talked about Minnesota, but I forgot to mention team Philippines and going to the world cup. I thought that I thought you were a part of it, but I do not want to like <laughs> stereotype. I don't want to
0: be like, Oh, cause I'm Filipino. have to be a part of Team Philippines. No, like, so, yeah, I that's thank you for bringing that up. How was that experience?
1: That was amazing. So, oh. <laughs> so like, I wasn't from, the, this is a relatively new team. Like, the past, the 2018 World Cup was our first appearance on the world stage <laughs> for Team Philippines. We
0: arrived.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but um, it was, like, the brainchild of a couple skaters from California, like, specifically, um packs packs a punch and she kind of she and a couple other people are like on facebook like we need to get this together like between the last world cup and then like the previous one and the 2018 and so they a bunch of people got together and got a team of team philippines organized to play at RollerCon the yeah. year before and i'm i'm not a big roller t- con person like i've never gone and i don't really like las vegas <laughs> so it's like I've never yeah, gone. Everyone. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> um, but, like, I have some relatives there, but I don't, like, Las Vegas is not like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> so I didn't go to that, but I sent, they made it possible to send in footage, too. And so we had a coaching staff that we had selected, and the coaching staff and our captains um, got people together together. Or gathered a bunch of people who have played at the at RollerCon and sent in footage to like s- select a team and then we played together in sacramento the the december before the world cup some of us got together and played a couple games um and then but some of us some team some of our players are from we're all a diaspora team so like none of us are living in the philippines now Mm-hmm. But everyone has like is has grandparentage. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, so, but we have people from Canada and Australia and the UK and the US. So some some people we didn't meet until like the week before the <laughs> World Cup, That's and we had awesome. one practice together off off site, and then one practice together at the venue, and we came together. And we have played really well, I think, for <laughs> for throwing it together and like in that way, like I think had we had more time to grow as a team, it would be very exciting um, but it was so cool to get together with other Filipino skaters because we have like the love of Derby, obviously, but then also the connection of not suddenly not being like the only one or on your team or like the only one or two on your team. And I was suddenly not one of the shortest people on my team. <laughs> like we we have a tiny team and it was we could get so low and it was a, it was an awesome challenge just to play together and be like a family. It was it was wonderful.
0: <laughs> That's so sweet, and I love it because it it's it's so antithetical to the soccer World Cup, where there's like millions and billions of dollars injected to teams and programs in der- It's so derby if you think about it. It's so like let's connect electronically mm-hmm. and let's go, let's do this. That's so amazing, and then you and then you get together and you create these really awesome amazing connections and bonds and stuff
1: yeah and we definitely were learning as we were going along like our first day we one of our games was against sweden and which was like a powerful team Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it was like i had no business taking star passes against sweden
0: (laughs) amazing i'm gonna have to google i'm gonna have to go to youtube now and, and look this up
1: but we were really defensive heavy, and so we held them to fewer points than was expected. Apparently, so then like we had really good rankings going Yay. into the second day.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: but then we had to play Spain, which was like um, um like a weird mind fuck because the Philippines was a Spanish colony as well That's as right. Latin America. So it's like this, like obviously, these skaters are not colonizers. But it was like a weird brain thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was weird.
0: There's baggage.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I think there are other teams. I don't know how many other teams are like descendants of colonized people that had to play colonized, the colonizer country. Kind oh, of I, was, like, I,
0: I thought you were going to say people, how many people are descendants of colonized countries. I was going to say probably no. all of them. or <laughs> <laughs> Maybe no. them. all but like three. <laughs> <laughs> The
1: majority, yeah. Like I have nothing against any of those skaters. It's just like the the optics or whatever in your brain. Like this is Spain. Did it like fuel you? Did it like? Oh, I'm gonna take one for yeah. Me. I think I think it did, but also we were like they beat us and it wasn't close, so it's kind of like. <laughs> it wasn't like it wasn't like fueling us enough that we could get over that hump of like this is a team that can practice together
0: <laughs> true, true. <laughs> yeah no but i mean sure y'all fought hard
1: yeah <laughs> it was it was good and it and it's a it's like a community of people that have kept up with and it's like um team philippines came and played against Minnesota last year. So I played against Minnesota with Team Philippines. <laughs> <laughs> yes. In the Roy. And it was so fun. It was really that
0: was amazing. Oh, <laughs> Well, that's fun. Yep. I love it. Have you kept up with your skating during this kind of, you know, I've wash, been doing more. Pause?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, I was going to say during this forced pause or like whatever this it was or
1: is. I've been doing some like, Trail skating, social distance type trail skating with some people, and I've tried to do a little bit more ramp skating. Okay. But yeah, because I I started ramp skating in like 2016, but then I got on the charter, and then I was like, "Ooh!" Then I can't I can't hurt myself. Like I was too nervous because then it was like, if you're going into the ramp and you're like nervous about falling, then you're probably gonna fall weird Mm -hmm. and hurt yourself. So then I was like, I took a big break from it, and so now I'm trying to. Yeah. Go back a little
0: bit. Okay, and then and then obviously you, you're a master crochet, er, what do you call those macrame? Was it? Yeah, macrame? I,
1: yeah, I picked up crochet and then now macrame implants during the stay at home and like fill have filled my because I I wanted to do macrame because I have a cat, and I didn't want her to eat my plants, so I
0: oh, <laughs> so is I started
1: in the macrame um to keep her away from the plants but I also just like like it was so fun to send you one
0: (laughs) yes I love it so much I'm going to hang it I still haven't hung it yet but I'm going to hang it um I have to decide where though
1: yeah
0: but it's beautiful it's gold it's like a marigold color it's I love it um and uh I asked people for a self-care tip What would you say is your self-care tip? Uh,
1: Self-care? Well, I started seeing a therapist that I really like this year. So I feel like therapy is big self-care that I think there should be less stigma of people going to therapy. Um, And like my therapist, she's an Asian lady. So I feel like a lot of stuff that I couldn't talk to, like white lady therapists, I could talk to this lady. She's great. And also my cat.
0: (laughs) As a self-care tip, (laughs) Kat, you're not going to get any the argument from me. (laughs) So, and so are you doing virtual therapy? Is that, Yeah, I'm curious. Which
1: is kind of of weird.
0: It is. It is. I want to, I want to, I've, I'm kind of in between therapists (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I want to start a new one, but I'm all like hung up on this. Like, how do you start one virtually? Like this kind of virtual relationship, you know, it's so, Mm -hmm.
1: I actually, this is the I only met her virtually because I I, one of my um, team Philippines teammates helped me find someone and through psychology today and then you can do like the the little um, like interview your therapist to be like if it's going to be a good fit because not everybody's going to be a good fit. And it's nice being at home because you're like in like I can have my cat with me and you're like at home having therapy and you don't have to go anywhere which which is weird but it's also nice to have that comfort around you I'm sure you feel like also... less
0: less. I said I'm sure you feel like less and uh, like you're more you're more comfortable yeah you're more secure right and I guess when you're at home and your guard is off and or down whatever
1: mm-hmm. yeah. like you're in your own space you don't have to exactly. go like to an office or something sure
0: yeah I can see that that's awesome
1: but well, it's also weird seeing your therapist, like, this big on the screen instead of, like, physically in front of you. It's kind of weird, too.
0: <laughs> totally. It, it kind of, like, it feels, if you think about it, or at least maybe in my brain, it feels, like, very Jetsony to, like, <laughs> <laughs> the screen be talking to a therapist. I don't know. <laughs> very 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and what would you like to hold space for? Or well, did you want to like specify what about your cat that you consider <laughs> a, a self-care <laughs> tip or just cats?
1: No, <laughs> oh, but she my if people have, some people they see my cat like on social media, she has a very grumpy face and she's kind of like an ordinary cat. So but but she's good because she teaches you about like space and like respecting your own boundaries. Because she definitely respects her boundaries. That's awesome. <laughs> like this is enough. <laughs> what is her
0: name and how old is she?
1: Her name is Zoe, and I think she's six. Because I okay. she's a rescue, and I've had her for a few years. Yeah.
0: So she knows Zoe knows what she wants. No Zoe knows yes. like
1: you gotta respect yes. that
0: that's dope. Um, and holding space, what would you like to hold space for?
1: I want to hold space, this is kind of like I was saying earlier, like there's been like more wake up in Derby, like for white people in Derby, but I want to make sure that we hold space to be like all the black and brown indigenous people that have been in Derby that are in Derby that don't aren't erased by like the conversations talking about how Derby needs to be better. And being like, how, how are we taking care of ourselves and enjoying roller derby, enjoying skating, enjoying time with each other and caring for each other. So making sure, checking in with everybody. Thank you. And who is your MVP? I would say my parents. I'm living with my parents, which is great, but also weird. So they're good support. And then also my teammates, Animal and Moose. And she great. just moved near me, so we're neighbors now. So that's been really nice to be able to just walk over to her house during the pandemic and be like, hi. Oh, I love that. That's, <laughs> yep. that's
0: great. Why Why are they – why did you choose them as your MVPs?
1: They're just good supports, and I feel like we – during this time, especially, it's, like, good to have people that you can call on to be, like, ground you in this situation, so, both animal and moose are that for me.
0: Wonderful. And your parents, your, your roommates? And my
1: parents, yes. <laughs> Lovely.
0: Well, thank you so much for your time, mm-hmm. Ice. This was awesome. Thank, thank you. For, you. With me. Thank you for sharing all of your wisdom, all of your sage, <laughs> census info <laughs> with us and words. I really appreciate it. <laughs>
1: yeah. You're welcome.